Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. I am so looking forward to this conversation with our guest today. She's going to be talking about the battle between doing hashtag all the things and feeling like you're not doing enough, which is something that I can personally relate to. And I know that so many of you listening can relate to it as well. And as an email strategist, our guest helps six to eight plus figure service and e-commerce companies build a relation first email strategy, which is so important, especially in this day and age, because it really allows them to build that community. So I'm sure that we may dive into this just a little bit. And she's also been running her business Um, online for the past five years while juggling mom and home life in the process. So you can learn more about her on her website at ashleykdeluca.com and find her on Instagram at ashleykdeluca. So welcome, Ashley DeLuca. I am so glad that you are here. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I was like, as soon as you introduced the title, I was like, I'm sure everybody now knows who the guest is because I say that all the time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I know if anybody's heard of you once, they now know that it was you yeah. for sure. So let's start off with just telling everybody how you got started in your business. And I also want you to dive into what led you specifically to choosing email marketing strategy, because that's such a niche thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. So my journey actually started off when I was around 14 years old. I was very much so into writing. Um, I was making these mac and cheese stories for my little sister just for fun. And I had this awesome Wait, hang idea. On. Before you go on, what's a mac and cheese story? <laughs> oh yeah. So basically um, the idea and the concept of the story was my little sister, Lindsay was obsessed with macaroni and cheese. And so I created this fake restaurant called the mac and cheese place. And I would write stories about things that would happen at the mac and cheese place. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was very much so out there. I was very creative as a child. That's so cute. I love that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I thought, oh, oh my gosh, cool. Like, let me take this idea and this concept of like writing and put it online and someone will discover me. And so I started to create blogs, um, just about 14 year old girl thoughts and stories and all the things. And I ended up wanting to differentiate myself. I was like, I don't want just a plain drag and build website. Like I want to actually build this out. I want this to look how I want it to look and all the things. And so okay. I well, ended up- before we move on, can you share how old you are? Because I, if you don't mind, 
yep, you know how old you are now. So oh, now, oh, I'm 26. Okay. So this was like pre website builders, right? Like it wasn't as easy as it is now. No, not at all. So I used um, a website called FreeWebs to start. Um, and it was a little bit drag and drop, but it was not as intuitive at all. It was very much so like you just choose one and you put your text in and that was it. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to give people like, I'm a very visual person. So I like to get like paint the picture of the story and say like, you were creating this blog before blogs were like really a popular. Huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 100%. Yeah. And so um, I went to the, my mom was a huge advocate for the library. I was homeschooled at the time. Um, and so I went to the library and got books about WordPress, HTML, CSS, and I started to hand code websites. And I started to originally, it was just for fun. I made one for my dad for his ham radio club. Um, didn't really think much of it because I always felt and thought that in order for me to be successful, I needed to go to college. I needed to actually have a career, get a corporate job, live in a big city. And so I did all that. Like I, I went to college, I ended up dropping kind of this side hobby thing, um, ended up getting into corporate. And I was like, you know, I really just am passionate about websites. I'm really super passionate about that. Um, and I'm really passionate about learning about social media. But I kept hitting a brick wall and a brick wall and a brick wall because I was younger. I didn't have any experience necessarily besides like my own. Um, and at the time, freelance work was not considered the way it is now for companies. And so I was sitting at Panera with my best friend, Cece, and she was like, girl, you know, you could just do it. Right. And I was like, what do, what do you mean? She was double the age, double the wisdom. And she was like, girl, just, just go build your own business. Like just go and start doing it for people. Um, so I ended up creating websites for people off of Craigslist. Uh, some good experiences, some really bad. Um, we won't talk about the bad ones, but it was very much so like, it was just like, listen, like you need a website for 50 bucks. Like I'll do it. Like I I'm here for it. Um, and that really got me into the door of really understanding like how to start the business. And then people kept asking and telling me about email marketing. And they were like, Ashley, can you put in this email marketing form into my website? And so I would have to log into their account to grab the code, to put it into the website. And so what ended up happening is I ended up getting super intrigued by email marketing. And as I started to do it for my web design business, I realized there was a huge gap between really creating conversational email marketing, which I really felt led to that's how I wanted to communicate with my people versus what was being taught uh, by everybody else, which is very much more transactional newsletter type. Um, and so that's how I got into it. Like I, I totally started off with library books and a laptop I bought with babysitting money. And now I'm doing this whole thing with my three-year-old at my side and um, a husband cheering me on in the background. I love that. I think that's so great. And it's so funny because I'm aging myself. Well, I'm 32, but I learned to code from a MySpace site that I had way back in the day. <laughs> so yeah. I love, I love like, the, I don't want to say like the pre-online business because obviously it's been around for a while, but like the current online business things have changed so drastically. So I love hearing your story about how like you shifted from building websites for $50. I used to charge a hundred. So I feel a little bit better about myself, <laughs> but um, to where you are now, which is so great. And it's so obvious that you are obsessed with what you do just based on just following you on social. Like it's just very obvious. So, okay. I want to dive into our topic today, which is this battle behind doing all of the things and feeling like you're not doing enough because I feel like so many people fall into this trap. So do you have a specific time where you remember where you're like, 
oh my gosh, I'm doing hashtag all the things and I'm not really getting anything from it. Do you you have a specific time that pops up in your mind? Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. So there was a timeframe in between, you know, as I was telling my story, I was like, yeah, I went from like web design to email. There's this middle piece, this very hard middle ground that I went through to being able to make that transition because it wasn't like turn a light on, turn a light off. It was like, okay, is this really what I want to do? And so I went through this phase where, um, so long story short, I ended up when I left my corporate job to get into entrepreneurship, like full time, I ended up getting into a partnership and, um, the partnership ended up completely dissolving, um, two months, basic two, three months after I left, um, with a newborn in my hands. And I was like, Oh fudge, like what in the world? And so like everything I had built, all of my income, everything recurring, like ended and dissolved with that partnership. And my husband was like, girl, what what are you going to do? Like, you promised that it was going to work. It was going to be great. Things were going to be amazing. And now you've just fallen flat on your face. And so I went through a time where I was just like, okay, listen, like if I think I know how to do it, like I'm going to do it because I learned so much, like helping people with their websites. Um, I literally was just like, listen, like I'm going to do all the things. And so I remember explicitly a point where I had a roster of 30 to 40 clients of all ranges and sizes, all packages and all the things. And I was literally sitting here just being like, I just, I I just don't feel fulfilled. Like this is so stressful. This is so overwhelming. And I was doing everything under the sun that nobody really even knew me for anything. And they were just like, yeah, like Ashley, Ashley can do it. Like Ashley will figure it out. And I was like, no, like I want to be known for something. Like I want to actually do the things. Um, and that was like really the biggest piece of just like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't want to be in this place. And that's where my default is. Like I default into that when I feel like scarcity around money is like, if I can figure it out, like I'll do it. Like you can just give me 50 bucks. I'm like, we'll figure it, you know? Um, And that's one of the biggest pieces for me. Yeah. I think that so many people do that, especially in the beginning stages. I know that I did. I was, I mean, at one point I had like nine different businesses because I'm like, oh, I can do so many different things. Like after I got married, because I planned my whole wedding, because it was like fun for me, I started a wedding planning business and I'm like, wedding planner what am I doing? and then I had an Etsy shop and then because I my background was in graphic design and then it morphed into like this advertising platform because I had it was like the weirdest combination of things but yeah. <laughs> similar to you it's like you know how to do so many things and you're kind of like mm-hmm. a jack or jill of all trades they're like yeah. okay let, let's just do it all um but obviously that doesn't work <laughs> right Yeah. And, oh, and I'll just add to it. Like, I know your biggest thing is like scaling, right. And like in a scaling standpoint, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not like against people who are multi-passionate. I'm not like, listen, like niche down is the only way, but from a scaling standpoint, I could have never scaled that business model. I would be dead. (laughs) There's just no way. (laughs) Yes. I am all about scaling with simplicity. And, but like, it took me nine different businesses to realize that that's how it needs to be done. If you truly want to be successful, because if you're doing 50 different things, like not 50, let's just like five different things. Like if you're offering five different services as a service provider, for example, like, no, like it's, it's literally not going to get you anywhere or maybe it will, but it's going to take you five times the amount of time that it would, if you only focused on one thing. So yes, love that. So, um, now I want to dive into, 
I don't even know if you, if you know this or not, but when you were offering all of these different things, did you notice that there were like any feelings of like unworthiness tied into that or like not feeling deserving of doing the thing that you actually wanted to be doing? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And yeah, 110% because the, the cycle. And if you're listening to this and you're just like, oh my gosh, this totally makes sense. Like just know you are totally not alone because this happens to me like all the time. It's one of those things where I would, I, I would put it out there that I wanted to do email and that I wanted to do things. And I kind of decided, at, you know, after going through this phase, I went through the phase of then going into like, listen, I really want to do email, but I kept going through the process of essentially affirming the belief that I couldn't go all into email marketing by still accepting positions and jobs and little things and all that to be able to keep fueling that. And it really did come back to that worthiness factor and not really feeling like I was enough because I was like, well, if I'm not getting email clients over here, then obviously, and I'm getting all this other stuff, then like, I'm not a good enough email marketing person to be able to even say like, I'm the queen of email marketing or that I'm the boss at it. Like I can like totally nail this. And there's that process in that phase of like then moving into that and being able to embrace that and to be able to actually affirm that and like create that momentum. But on the flip side, a hundred percent, like it goes hand in hand for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that also just ties back to like, if somebody reaches out and they ask you for a service, if you don't know how to do it, you can say no. Like that is also okay. And I mean, I fell into that trap too, of not saying no for it because I was just solely like, wanting to get the money, right? I was just at the time, just trying to get out of my nine to five job and doing literally everything that I could. Yeah. But guess what? When you do that, it slows you down. So mm-hmm. don't do that. <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> to this right now, like take one thing, stay in your lane. It's going to be scary, but it will get you to your goal much more quickly than if you were trying to just do a million things and throw all of the spaghetti at all of the walls in your room. Right. So Um, did you have anything you want to add to that? I think I cut you off. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. No. And I think also too, along with that is I, I really want to touch on like that, that scarcity thing, because I feel like a lot of times, like we, we do that because of the scarcity mindset and it can be really hard to trust. It can be very hard to trust yourself that you're going to book somebody within this specific package or service or offering or thing. And I think that's why it's so incredibly important that as soon as you can have somebody in your circle, in your life that can hold you accountable, that can hold your hand, that can help you see your blind spots to be able to help you pivot or reposition or look at what are you getting feedback within your offer and why it isn't working. Like that's going to keep you from dipping back into the scarcity by adopting somebody else's belief that like, oh my gosh, yeah, you can, heck yes, you can totally do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you're not at the point where you can invest in a coach or uh, like a mastermind or something, that's okay. Like you can get a biz friend to help you. There's so many different communities out there with people who are more than happy to help you. 100%. Yeah. I'll even say like when I first started in entrepreneurship, like I, it took me a while to get to the point where I was like able to invest like mentally mindset, like willing to trust and give that investment. And I think in long as well too, like there's so many things that I learned just by being part of communities. Like there are tons of little accountability groups out there, co-working, you know, groups, especially now with everything going on in our world that you can dive into, that you can find somebody that you can, you know, just be able to just latch onto and really just hold hands together to get you to that point, to allow you to then sprout and grow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Now, I want to just talk a little bit about these feelings that are coming up, because I know we just talked about it a little bit, but this is such a big thing. And I really want to help other people who are listening to this, because like these, those feelings of unworthiness or not feeling like you're good enough to offer something that you want to offer or not feeling like you're deserving of charging a specific price. Can you speak to that a little bit and share like anything that you've done to help work through that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think there's, there's two pieces for me personally. Um, there is the, the mindset piece that a lot of people can get like super eye roll woo about, but I'll make it super practical here in a second along with just going through the process of taking action. Um, a lot of times I feel like, um, people just talk about one side or the other, just like, go take messy action, go do the things, fall on your face. It's okay. If you get nose, da, 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 da. But then I think it's really important as well too, to actually go deeper into your actual mindset as well. And not just like patch it over or just be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, we're going to figure it out. Like, no, like you have to actually do the work within that. So For me, it really has looked like really diving in, um, doing therapy, like really understanding what is the root behind this? Like, why is it that I do like for, you know, keeping on topic here, like, why is it that I always feel like I have to do more? Like, why is it that I can't just close my desktop at the end of the day and feel like I've done enough? And it came back to something within my childhood that I was, that I learned and, you know, being the oldest of, you know, six kids to a special needs, you know, I always felt like, oh my gosh, there was always so much to do. I always needed to help. I didn't really feel like I had, you know, a lot of time to just like relax because I was also in sports. I was always busy. I was always doing something. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I like looked in college and I was like, oh, in college, I worked two part-time jobs while being in school full time. Like, of course, Ashley, of course, you're going to seem like you just never do enough because like literally your entire life up to this point, all you've ever done is be busy, 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 busy to mask any kind of like emotional work that you've had to do to be able to get past it. And you able to understand why you find that validation in working so hard. So that way other people see you. And so like all of this hasn't just came from like, oh, I just sit down and like realized it. It's a lot of just like, again, therapy. It's a lot of being able to dive into that mindset. I do a lot of stillness, a lot of meditation and breath work. Um, and that's my outlet, like, especially as a mom to a three-year-old um, and running this business, like for me, being still and being silent is like one of the greatest gifts of all time. And I'm not just saying like in the shower, even though that's magical too, like just even sitting outside for like 10 minutes just to breathe and recenter and refocus before coming back in makes a huge difference. And then on the flip side, I think as well too, is that like, I think it's so incredibly important just to take action. Like it's okay to fall on your face. It's okay to go through the process of not being ready to do the things like just going all in and just being like, listen, like if it messes up, like it is what it is, it's totally fine. And just releasing it, I think is so incredibly important because so often we, I see people get stuck in the planning phase and all they do is plan, 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 plan. And I'm like, girl, go do the freaking thing. Just go out. Like it's totally okay to mess up. It's totally okay to start over. It's, you know, like for me with email, like I, I have done different variations of what I think a perfect email is. And that's totally okay as well, too. Um, So I think those are kind of the two biggest things that I've worked on. It's just not being afraid, just going out, taking the action, knowing that it's not going to be perfect. And then also to doing the deeper work of really understanding why it is that I think a certain way or why I do a certain thing as well. I love that. Thank you for breaking down 
well, everything that you just broke down, but specifically <laughs> talking about diving deep and explaining that a lot of this came from your childhood, because yeah, when you start to do this inner work, you find that a lot of different traumas that you experienced in childhood are showing up now later in life. And when people say the word trauma, I don't want you to think that this has to be, it's a traumatic experience for you, right? right. So it doesn't have to mean like you lose a body part, like that would obviously, obviously be traumatic to anybody, but it could be like, for example, part of my childhood trauma is my parents' divorce and also coping with food through the course of my life because of feeling out of control. So it's like, there's a lot of different things that stem from things that typically happen in our childhood that we don't realize that are affecting us years down the line. And my story was pretty similar to that where like, I always felt like I needed to be working because I saw Mm -hmm. my parents doing that. I saw them constantly working. I barely saw them. So I was like, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful. I need to constantly work and I don't necessarily need to be productive, but if it looks like I'm working, then that's good enough, which obviously we know that's not the case. So this is really just like a call to action to everybody. If you feel any kind of anxiety or any uneasiness, there's something deeper there that you need to dive into. And, um, I personally love to journal. I don't know. Do you journal at all? I do. Yes. Yeah. I always journal usually in the mornings. Um, and then I usually find for me sometimes with, um, really dealing with a lot of anxiety, sometimes it's like really hard to get the, and as crazy as it sounds as an email writer, um, like getting the words out of my head into like using it on paper. So sometimes it's just me sitting in the silence to just allow it to come out without having to actually put it pen to paper, but always in the morning. Yeah, no, I'm, I have to do it first thing in the morning. So I'll usually like do my workout. And then right after that, before my son gets up is when I'll start journaling because, um, and I like to have some kind of prompt to go off Mm -hmm. of just to like, kind of get the wheels turning a little bit. Um, and there's a million different prompts, Google journal prompts for insert, whatever is bothering you here into (laughs) Google. I think you'll get 5 million of them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and then the other part of that was the action. Like, yeah, you can do all of the inner work you want, but if you're just going to sit on your couch and watch Netflix and think that you're going to reach your goals, it really works that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless you're incredibly lucky and you just get an inheritance or I don't know, something. But um, that taking action part is so important too. And like really finding what works well for you too, right? Like you obviously didn't start with email marketing, right? It, It was it was a journey to get to that yeah. point. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, oh, and I'll just add to it as well too, is like, you know, for the biggest thing and like, for me, like going back to the childhood piece real quick, like a lot of times, like I didn't have like a terrible childhood whatsoever. Like I listened to my poor husbands and I'm like, holy guacamole, like what? Like, seriously, um, you got yelled at for eating Oreos? Like what? Um, and I think it's one of those things where we oftentimes don't think, or we just kind of brush it. And we're just like, no, like, no, I was great. Like I turned out to be like, I was a good kid. Like I was a good kid. And I was just like, but there are pieces to that, that do show up. And then that's where, and in, in especially in entrepreneurship, like in, in the nine to five, it didn't really show up for me because that was the expectations. Like you always work hard, you always do the things, but in entrepreneurship, this is when you're challenged 
literally on every single level within your personal, within physical, within mental, all of it. Like you're challenged in all ways because you run all the hats, like you do all the things at least to start. And so I think that's why also too, like as you're going through this, like and knowing and being aware, it's just one step at a time. Like it's just one piece at a time. So that's why we use tools like journaling, meditation, breath work to be able to allow us to be able to express in a really positive way and to be able to work through it. I'm so glad that you mentioned the nine to five point, because until you just said that, I didn't realize that I didn't feel that way when I was in my nine to five, because yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, I mean, that just kind of blew my mind when you said that, because it was, I was at a digital marketing agency for a lot of years. and It was a very fast paced environment. Like you had to be work, like it was required for you to work a minimum of eight hours a day. Like, yeah, we were likely working like 10 to 12 hours a day. Like that was, that was more normal. Um, but yeah, that's so true. It's like when you step into this world of entrepreneurship, you're really, uh, I don't even know how to say, it. I don't want to say like you're burying your soul, but you kind of are because this is, it's your baby that you're birthing into this world in a metaphorical sense, of course. Um, and it really forces you to reveal everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be successful, that is, or yeah. I mean, there's really two sides to that. Like you can work constantly and be successful or you can take, I don't even know if it was, it's the easier route, but you can do the inner work and then things will start to come to you more easily. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? That was like a a little bit of a segue just talking about the nine to five, but go ahead. Yeah, no. And I, I completely agree with you a hundred percent. And there really, I don't think is necessarily an easy way. I think a lot of people paint it as easy, like just turn on this ad funnel and you'll make a million dollars or all you have to do is grab my drop shipping like templates and it'll like totally bring you the bank. And I think also along with that, especially for us who are very like mission driven and people who just like really care, because I think Because here's the thing, like at the end of the day, the idea and the concept of wanting to do all the things, the idea of feeling that you're not good enough comes back to other people and how other people perceive you and the perception that comes along with that. And so basically by allowing, and this is something I've discovered about myself is I'm like putting and allowing somebody else to paint my picture with the idea that like, I'm still in control. But when I let them have the idea or let them essentially, right? Like not really, but like giving them that, um, that paintbrush, I'm allowing them to paint that picture of me not being good enough or me not doing all the things or me not showing up in a certain way. When in reality, like I just need to take the paintbrush back and paint my own dang picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also just at a much more simple level, it's just really loving yourself too, which unfortunately a lot of people don't do. And they also don't really realize it either, which is, it's sad, but like you said, like after you step into this entrepreneur, oh my gosh, entrepreneurial role, you're wearing all the hats. So you're forced to learn new things. You're forced to go outside of your comfort zone all of the time. But if you don't do that inner work, there's going to be a wall, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you're going to wonder why you're not getting to that next level, but there's literally an invisible wall blocking you that has an invisible note that says do the work and you can break down this wall. But, um, and I feel like people talk about that, but they don't necessarily, I don't know. They don't necessarily talk about it in a way that's super relatable. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, like I don't even really know what I'm trying to say here, but I just feel like more people need to understand that 
if they want to get to that next level, it's so crucial to go inward. Um, And I mean, this was even a hard concept for me to understand. You can let me know if it was hard for you too, because I was so, I am so, well, I don't even know if I am anymore, like so type A and so like hardworking and driven that I kind of pushed this off for a long time too. And I was like, oh no, I can just get there. I'm just going to work 80 hours a week. It's totally fine. Did you notice yourself doing that as well? Yeah. So a part of my journey was very much so I always felt like I just had to put output, right? Like it was very much so output driven. Like not only did I want the output to look like, you know, client tasks and like making things happen and, you know, creating the website and writing the emails. But then also I was like, I want other people to see how much my output is. Right. Because when you think about input work, like the actual work inside, you can't really put like value on that. You can't be like, oh, look, at I made this website. Right. You'd be like, oh, Oh, yeah, like I totally journaled, like you, you don't really care, right? Like it, it wasn't like something I could like throw. And so I think along with that as well, too, is that we're, I think we're stuck in this like realm of seeing people do all the things to work and make it all happen in an attempt to be able to mask what really needs to happen, which is that inner work. And for me, I just so leaned into that. Um, you know, we, it's also the kind of concept of like masculine and feminine energy. Like for me, like I definitely am more so the business. Like I want to do the work. I want to do the masculine and all that. And part of my journey, especially in the past two years has been going into the feminine side and being like, listen, what really makes me feel good? Like not necessarily like what brings in the money, right? Cause like we can do all the things to bring in the money. Like that's not a problem, but like what really fulfills me? Like what really goes along with my vision and like being able to bring in that feminine side as well um, without again, getting super woo woo or anything like that. It's just very much. So again, thinking about what fulfills and like lights you up and makes you want to do more of that. Like what makes you want to get out of bed and do the things Um, and just really finding that balance as well too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there comes a point in everybody's business, assuming you're, you're making money and you have, you can pay your bills and all that, that the money doesn't really matter. Like you're going to get to a point where money's great. Money is necessary to keep a business running, but you're not going to want to just do the work for the money anymore. It's not going to fulfill you. Like you need to have a larger mission behind what you're doing. And that's literally why I started this podcast (laughs) because this is not like a big money-making venture for me. This is literally focused on helping to inspire other people to live their best lives and reach their own entrepreneurial goals as well. So um, have you noticed anything like that in your business that you've started doing? Or I know you're writing a book too. Maybe that's part of that. Yeah, totally. So for me, um, it is my podcast. Um, my podcast is not a huge moneymaker. Um, it's very much more so for me about building my legacy. Um, and just really being like, here's my journey. Like I have podcast episodes from two years ago that don't make any sense. Like you can tell, like, if you go, if you go way back, you can tell a difference in my tone and my confidence and what I talk about and how I structure and all the things. And for me, it was just like, let's document the journey. Like I, there's going to be email stuff along the way. Cause I can't help but talk about it. But I talk about other pieces like momhood, going into a mastermind, going on trips, like what that looks like. Like, how do you juggle the guilt that comes along with that? When you're just like trying to, like, you're trying to do the business 
business things, but you're also piecing out on your kid for a couple of days with your husband, like all of that, like all of those pieces. And then the other piece for me is definitely my book, um, own your table. Um, that's another piece where I'm going, I'm like getting right into the phase of actually writing the manuscript for it. And that is going to be a huge labor of love just based off of the idea and the concept that I want to teach others how to rebuild relationships using conversational email marketing. Like, it's not like here, like, you know, you can hire me to do the things, but like, if I can just empower you to go do the things and allow for you to then be able to go out and like make an impact with your people, like that's what I'm here for. Like, that's all I care about. Like at the end of the day, like I just want to be able to create that ripple of impact. And I know email marketing is a great tool to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love all of that. And I want to just dive in before we wrap up and talk about mom life and how this kind of balances. I mean, does it balance? I I don't really know. It's, it's really, it's insane. (laughs) Uh, Raising a toddler um, at the time of recording this, he's a toddler and then running your business. Do you have any help? Do you have, I mean, I know you have your husband, but do you have any childcare or anything? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, this has been a journey. Um, so again, stemming back to my childhood, my mom was a stay at home mom and I absolutely love that. And I wanted that for my kiddo. And so my mom was always home to keep the house clean. She was in charge of the laundry. Like she did the stay at home mom life. And so when I got into doing a business and then I like got the baby essentially, right. Um, we ended up, I felt so much pressure to maintain that status within my house, within my home, while also growing and doing the business. And so it was very much so like high priority, high stress. I felt like I didn't have any time for rest. I was working like all hours because in between I was cleaning up spit up, I was changing diapers, I was feeding the baby, doing the things as well as cleaning the house and doing the laundry. And so there was a phase where my husband wasn't really enrolled into helping me. Like he just didn't get it. He didn't really understand. He was like, well, you're home all the time. Like, why, why can't you do all the things? And I'm like, bro, like I'm running a business. Like if you, you say that to me one more time, I will kill yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, oh, okay. Um, and so it was a process that, you know, it wasn't until about Nick was about one that he finally got it. And then what has like, ever since then, he's been amazing over the past two years, Nick's not free, um, with helping me more seeing that, like, listen, like if I want to keep your stress levels down, like we got to we got to pitch in here. Um, and I've had help on and off. Um, unfortunately help is really hard in my area because we live out in the middle of nowhere. So we don't have like a large supply of people to come and help, unfortunately. Um, but for me, me, it really has looked like, um, understanding the concept. This is so helpful. So like for me, what really clicked when it came to businesses, mom and momhood is understanding what are plastic balls and what are glass balls. And I used to live a life where everything was a glass ball. I was like, I can't drop nothing. Like it's going to shatter. It's going to break. Like I can't be here for that. And so what ended up happening is when I started to discover that, oh, some of these are plastic and I can drop them. I don't have to have my living room picked up every single night with that expectation that like, oh, that's a glass ball. Like the living room has to be picked up. And so I've now transitioned into allowing my balls to sometimes fall and understanding and leaning in more into my business side within my team, because it is really hard for me to find help in my home, in my area um, where I currently live at to know that like, okay, cool. Like we're going to have to outsource a little bit more on the business side, you know, so that way it can be more present on the home side to be able to do the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that concept of the glass balls and the plastic balls. I'm so glad that you brought that up um, because that's something that's changed my life too. In the beginning, when my son was born, I thought that I had to do it all as well. I was like, I can, I can be super mom. Like, why not? I've seen other people on Instagram doing it. 
but come on. Is that actually real? No, it's not. Spoiler alert. If you're looking at all those other people <laughs> saying that they're doing all of the things, they're either yeah. one lying and they have help or two, they're exhausted and they're crying in a bathroom every single night because that yeah. was me. <laughs> I was yeah. hiding in the bathroom and crying because I was so overwhelmed and exhausted with everything that I was doing. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and I was just, I was just going to say, like, it is a huge thing. Like, I remember, like, especially that first year, like, I was, you know, and this is not something I'm super proud of, but I was living off of the monster drinks. I was drinking more coffee than definitely what I drink now. Like, I was working all hours. Like, I was doing all the things. Like, I was always on my phone. Like, I was not living the life that I really wanted to. And I think the number one thing, like, if you're stuck in that right now, when you just feel like crap, like I, yeah, I feel like everything's like a glass ball. How do I figure out what are plastic balls and all the things? I think the number one thing you can do is to take time for yourself. Like give yourself a moment to breathe. Even if it's just going to the Starbucks drive-thru while your kid sleeps in the backseat, like give yourself that moment and then come back into it and just be like, listen, like it's, if this has to fall, it's going to be totally okay. And just go through that process and just know that like, even as a mom of a three-year-old, it does get a little bit easier if we're like talking like newborn status here. Um, but even still, it can be really hard to juggle that and just know that like, especially in this day and age, like it's a lot easier to find a little bit more acceptance with kids in the background. Um, when I first started, like there, it was very much so kind of a thing where I was just like, no, like we don't want to hear your kids. Like, no, like there, why do you have a kid at home? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, just it'll work out. It'll be okay. I think that's like the best way I can summarize this piece of this because it is hard. It is so hard. It is. And if you're more of like this type A person who is obsessed with lists, make a list make a list of all of your glass balls and all of your future plastic balls. Yeah. And just, I think for some people, like I'm a very visual person. I mentioned this all the time, but like, I need to see something in front of me. So if I yeah. see 10 different things that are glass balls, but then 20 different things that are plastic balls, I'm going to feel so much better about that because I'm like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to do the laundry. I can let the laundry pile up on the guest bed for three weeks and eventually fold it if I want to, or maybe ask my husband to fold it if he is willing to help or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and that is me, by the way, I let my laundry pile up on the guest bed for weeks and maybe I get to it. We had help with that before, but after losing help, it just kind of sits there now. And guess what? That's yeah. plastic ball. And I'm happy throwing those plastic balls all over the room. <laughs> yeah. Not even worried about it anymore. Definitely. But like you said, it, it does eventually come. It's not something that will come right away, but it is something that I, even outsourcing anything, I think once you outsource that first thing or just kind of put one thing off, everything else comes so much more easily. So it's yes. like just jumping over that first hurdle of saying, this is a plastic ball, or I'm going to outsource this to another person. I think that's really the hardest part. And then after that, it comes a lot more easily. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I remember the first time I hired a bookkeeper because I just never did my books. I was like, I know this is so important. Please don't criticize me. Um, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like I just, I, when I looked at it, I knew and in college, I wasn't there for the accounting or the bookkeeping side of things. And, you know, as a business owner, I also didn't want to do them. And so that was, an, that was something that kept falling. And I was like, listen, I will pay $175. That's what it was back then um, to be able to get this off my plate, like just so I don't have to worry about that. Um, and so, yeah, like just 
just go through the process of figuring out what you can get done, um, what you can move. I think the best thing you can do is definitely make a list. I made tons of lists back in the day. Now I live out of ClickUp, um, but back in the day it was all pen and paper for me. Um, and I just wrote down every single thing I could possibly think of. And then I, for me, I highlighted because I would just brain dump and I would just highlight my glass ones of like, here's what I'm going to focus on for the next hour. Like I'm just going to focus on this, this specific task or creating this specific web page. If I have 60 interruptions, I have 60 interruptions, but this is the thing that I'm going to be focusing on doing for the next hour. Yep. I love that. Or another good tip is like the top three things that you need to get done that day. So like pick three. And if you get them done, yay, you can either take time for yourself, which you probably should do because you're likely not doing it enough or two, maybe add one more thing to your list of things to get done today. But yeah, these are all such great tips. And, um, I really hope that this helps a lot of people because I know that there's a lot of people with a lot of glass balls up yeah. in the air right now. So hopefully we can switch at least half of those to plastic balls for them. Yes. But <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us today. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say before we wrapped up? Gosh, honestly, I just really want you to know that you're not alone. Like I know we, we say this all the time, but I'm serious. Like I can totally completely relate to where you're at. You know, this is something that I still struggle with. And I still talk to my coach about, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I just don't feel like I'm a good enough person over here. Like, or I'm not being a good enough mom or good enough this or that. And it's totally normal. Like it's totally normal as you start to grow, as you start to scale, whatever that, whatever phase you're in essentially to hit that roadblock and be like, oof, there it is again. Especially if that's what you default do like me. Um, so just know that like, I'm here to support you. Like I'm not, I'm not a business coach at all. I just do email. Um, but I'm here for the relatability factor. Like I'm more than happy to be like, girl, you are not alone. Like I totally get you. Um, and definitely point you in the direction of someone who can help you figure out that next step. Yeah, absolutely. And the best place to connect with you, I'm assuming is on Instagram. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Definitely follow me over on Instagram at Ashley K. DeLuca. Um, that's where I've been primarily hanging out, um, and just sharing all the goodness. Amazing. I love it. Thank you again for being here. This was so much fun to talk to you. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.